Well, Thanksgiving is over, and you know what that means in America. Christmas is on the way. Today on Savvy Citizen, we're talking with Dick Roberts, who's one of the men that was originally responsible for starting McAddenville as Christmas Town, USA. He's going to give us some insight and history into the magical Christmas light display that you're going to be able to see right here in Gaston County. And we're going to talk to him about a little bit more about what went into getting this all put together. We're here with Dick Roberts, who, um, well, you know what, Dick, just introduce yourself. Um, so where you're from. Um, uh, my name is, is Harvey D. Roberts Jr. I go by the name of Dick Roberts. That's what all my friends know me by. I was born in McCaddenville uh, September the 12th, 1935. Uh, my family came to McCaddenville in 1884. My dad was five years old. And uh, so my family runs deep in McCaddenville. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that you were born in McCaddenville even, and your family's been there for a while. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, my, my granddad came here in 1884 to take uh, the maintenance of the first mill that was built in McCadmore. Oh, what, so what, what was the first mill? It was known as Spring Shoals Manufacturing. A gentleman in Charlotte who was a very prominent businessman and considered the richest man in the southeast uh, wanted to get into the new young business of textiles. And he was looking for a place to, on the river, to uh, build his mill because you had to use the river for a water wheel. There was no electricity. So uh, he purchased a McCadmill area from two Stowe brothers in Charlotte. Uh, he found it to be a suitable site. And then he began construction of the mill in 18, I believe, 83, completed in 84. And uh, my granddad brought his family here from down in South Carolina, down next to York, as maintenance supervisor. They moved up on the old Pinhook Mill Village because there was no housing in McAdmill at the time. Oh. And and they would uh, get up and do their chores and walk to McAdmill and work in the mill. I know my dad... I like I say, was five years old when they came here. He went to work in the mill when he was nine years old. And he worked uh, uh, for 60 years. Wow. And, and when he first went to work in the mill, uh, he made 10 cents a day. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, ha- I have his first paycheck. Oh, my goodness. And my my granddad worked for the company for 28 years, and my dad worked for him 60 years, and I worked for him 58 years. So we have about 146 years continuous service between the three of us. Wow. The, the amazing thing that most people don't realize when I talk about McAdmill is, like I say, my dad was five years old when they came here in 1884. Well, I wasn't born until 1935. My daddy was 56 years old when I was born. So I'm 86. So between he and, and my dad and I, we spanned about 140 years. So that's how I can go back and recall the things he told me about the early days of McAdmill. That's incredible. I, I just finished writing a book, uh, about the history of McAdmill, basically what 
uh, facts I knew and what my dad told me about the early days. And uh, it's, that book's available down at Mona's Gift and Boutique in McCadmel. What's that book that, called? It, it's called A Walk I Remember is the name of the book. It's about the history of McCadmel and it's it's into its second printing now, so it's done right well. You mentioned the Pinhook Village. Where would that be today, or is it still existing today? Yeah, it well, see, it, there was an old mill up there that, that burned, but the village was still there. And when uh, my grandparents moved here, they moved in one of the old mill houses up on the Pinhook. It's about a half a mile up the river from McCadmel. Okay. There's there's nothing left there now, but oh. you can you can still see the columns that cross the river. There was a bridge there. They burned that during the Civil War, and uh, you can still visibly see a few of the pillars of the old houses, but nothing else remains of it to the, oh, today. Wow. I've never even heard of that. I'm gonna have to do some research on that, or maybe just is it in your book? Yeah, it okay. is uh, uh, some about Pinhook in the, the early days. Yeah, I'm a little interested in this because I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but my grandmother, she worked at, um, I think, Bonet in Lowell, which I, I talked to you before about that, and you said you uh, you remember Bonet. Um, but also, I lived in Lorray Mill for a little while, too, and it was just interesting and fascinating seeing those pictures that they um, keep on the walls there for, to showcase the history, you know. And like you said, your grandfather was nine years old. Your No, your father was nine years old when he went to work there. Hey. He he was nine years old when he went to work in the mill. Yeah. And and he worked till nineteen, I believe forty nine. For the same company. The same company. Well, the McCaddens owned it when he went to work there, and then in nineteen thirty nine, the Fars family bought it out, and he continued to work for them. See, uh, he was he was over the mills when they closed them during the depression years and Mr. Ray, who ran the mills for the McCaddens asked my dad to stay on and rent the houses and look after the mills. And he did. And, uh, and then in 1939, when the forest bought it, he continued working for them and helped them to get it, the mills back up and started and running. He, he, was there for 60 years altogether. And you said you were 58. You didn't have any desire to make it to that 60, the two more years? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe uh, three just to beat your dad. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, my dad was, uh, he worked for him for 60 years. I retired 20 years ago after yeah. 58 years of wow. service with him. Wow. But my roots run deep in McCadmel. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then, then uh, the subject of the Christmas lights comes up, and uh, that's when uh, there was four of us that started that in 1954. Was that when Far took over? That no, was when. Okay. Far Far took over in 1939. Okay. And this was in 1954. Okay. Uh, we were uh, there were four of us. Uh, Bud Alexander, which was Billy Alexander, and Doris Woodward, Neil Hagen, and myself, we somehow, they those three worked out of the machine shop. I worked in the carpet area. 
I had gone over to the supply room to get some supplies and we somehow just met there in front of the supply room and was talking. And one of the guys said, well, we need to do something to make McCadnell a little more uh, festive for Christmas. And we talked a little while and, and, uh, and Doris Woodward, he worked in the welding shop and, and he said, well, they've taken a bunch of old Creole rods, which is a half inch by 20 foot steel rod. He said, they've taken a group of them out of the mill and they're laying out behind the shop. We'll ask Mr. Lee, who Mr. Lee DeVinney was the man over the shop. We'll ask him if we can use a few of them and, and let's spell out Merry Christmas and put it over on the hill. And, and, and they, and so Mr. Lee came across the road about that time and we asked him and he said, yeah, use whatever you want to. They're going to throw them away anyhow. So after the normal working hours, we got in together in the welding shop and we cut and bent and welded and spelled Merry Christmas in about four foot letters. And we put them over on the hill up above where the fire department is today. We put them up on that hill and ran a drop cord from, uh, there was a house up there by an old water tank. We ran a drop cord down there to that that uh merry christmas and we had all white lights on it mm-hmm. and, and we lit it up you could see it all the way to belmont and we, <laughs> we uh also built some stars and put on the mill tower yeah and we and we decorated one tree in front of the main office and that's what the first christmas was so it started and, out that simple it's just y- y'all met up and and said we need to do something yeah, that's that was a uh, the very first year, 1954. Well, uh, right after Christmas, we were taking the lights off of the tree in front of the office, and Mr. Farr walked out, and he said, "Boys, that looked pretty good." Said, "Next year, why don't you try decorating a few trees from here up and to the community center, which is the YMCA today?" Yeah. And so, so we. Uh, we said, okay. He said, well, just tell the supply room what you need. They'll get the supplies. And the next year, 1955, that's what we did. We put up what we did the first year, and we added about seven or eight trees up Main Street. And, of course, Mr. Farr and Miss Farr really liked that. And uh, Mr. Farr said, well, listen, boys, I'll pay for all y'all have put up. Well, that, that exploded. And that's when, in 1956, when we got the men's club involved in helping with it. And Miss Farr made the suggestion that we only use uh, green, red, and white lights because she said that's the true Christmas colors. And that has followed it even 60 years later. They still use those same three colors. And the... So she was very instrumental in, in the early days of it, but it just exploded. And I think in 1958 is when the homes got involved and started decorating their porches. And, and that is the one thing that sets McCadmill apart from all other Christmas decorations is the homes. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it the Courier and Ives Christmas card scene. You can go anywhere and see the trees decorated, but the trees and the homes combination 
uh, is what makes our Christmas lights. And the, a lot of people spend up to $3,000 to decorate their homes. Wow. So it's, uh, it's quite a big, big ordeal to do that. But uh, that's, that's how the Christmas lights started and evolved. And in 1959, Wayne Tigg, a guy that worked in the mill and helped with the lights, he took over as the lead guy in decorating. And he would get people, uh, men out of the mill after their regular shift to come out and help him decorate the trees. And of course, the company paid them their time. And he, Wayne continued the decoration of the town and the lights until uh, 1997 when he retired. Then uh, Tim Gibson, a boy that worked on the crew with him, took over as the lead man. And Tim continues today as, as head of the Christmas light uh, installation each year. So that that's sort of the progression of who's done what. It's been a, a wonderful experience. And I never, when we started, we had no idea that it would grow into what it did. We just thought we was going to help the town look a little more festive for the year. Mm-hmm. But, it, <laughs> but I'm proud of it. And, and I look forward to it every year. And, and one of the things, too, that, that sets it apart, Mr. Farr always said, that he wanted it to be free for families to come through and enjoy the lights. He said, I don't want any selling. I don't want any handouts. I don't want anything that would disrupt the flow of people through McCadden. And that goes on today. They, they, you can't have any street bending or nothing like that. It, it, it's just not permitted. As a matter of fact, there's a town ordinance against it. So, uh, that continues today. It's just, and there's no cost to it. That's the beauty of mm-hmm. it. There's no cost to it. And, and the Kostarfin family, which is, was Mr. Farr's son-in-law, Martin Kostarfin, uh, he continued it after, uh, Mr. Farr, uh, stepped down. And, and then when he stepped down, uh, Bill Kostarfin, his son is continuing the, the tradition and says he will continue to do it. So, and the Farr family pays for the whole thing. The town doesn't pay for it. The, the Farr family, uh, the Kostarfin family now pays for it. And let me tell you something. I I was over the situation for a number of years. And believe you me, it ain't cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you think of the power bill mm-hmm. for... Uh, uh, half a million lights for a month. You're talking fifty thousand dollars, and that's what the family. That's the what the family pays for still today. They pay for that. They pay for all of the lights, the, wow. and they pay the the crew, and the crew works almost year round. Oh yeah, uh, it, because they have to uh, add lights, they have to replant trees, uh, do a lot of things, and so it uh, it's a, a right expensive, but they gladly do it because uh, they love the town. They always have. They always uh, enjoy uh, doing things for people. And uh, so they enjoy it, and they mm-hmm. do a great job. They're a great family. They really are. 
So at what point did uh, Christmas Town begin to become an attraction? When did you start p- seeing people coming in from out of town? Because nowadays well, I, that line, the traffic line, just goes all the way mm-hmm. out to the highway. People waiting to drive through drive through McAdenville. Yeah, there they have put out counters, and and there's well over eight hundred thousand people comes through McAdenville wow. at Christmas time. It start. It just evolved. The first couple of years, there may have been a few people ride through and look, and and each year as it began to grow, the traffic began to grow, mm-hmm. and and it it just evolved into what it is today. And and I know my friend Steve uh, Rankin, who's he's a professional photographer, but he has the website, and uh, he he gets requests from all over the world for pictures to do articles or stories in these, in their country. He's he had it from Australia, Japan, all over Europe, Canada, and they request uh, pictures and, and he sends them pictures and they do articles. The first national recognition that the town got for the lights was back when Charles Carroll had the, the program on uh, uh, CBS, Good Morning America. Uh, he gave us the first national recognition of the Christmas lights. Oh. He he came to McAdmill and did a story oh. for Good Morning America. So were you a part and, of that story? Have you been talking no, about this? I, your whole, okay, go ahead, sorry. I, I wasn't a part of that. They did that sort of as an independent. They just, uh, they didn't talk to people. They mm-hmm. just did a story oh. on the lights. I see. But I've done, I've done many, many interviews yeah. through the years and the, I'm the last living member of the original four that started the lights. Wow. Yeah. I'm 86 years old. So that, I that wonder, tells you. I bet you'll, we'll see it. Cause I mean, Charlotte, the Charlotte region population is growing. I bet. And this year it seems like people are just so ready to get out, you know, and especially things that are outside. So I bet, I bet it'll pass a hundred thousand this year. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, it, in, in, uh, Last year before last, when they had uh, last year, we had a scaled down version because of the pandemic. But mm. uh, the year before that, people have learned that if they come and find a place and park and walk through the lights, which is not that big, mm-hmm. uh, they see a lot more, particularly on the off streets where the traffic's not permitted. Mm-hmm. And uh, by walking through the lights, you see so much more. And and a uh, year before last, I know I went through and, and the people was four deep out in the street and oh. it was almost inhibiting the traffic from getting through. There's mm-hmm. so many people out walking. And this year, I imagine it will be unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I, they, I plan to go there this year. I've got, I've got my boyfriends from um, upstate New well, York, so I've got to show him some real uh, Gaston County culture. We're gonna, let we me, plan to walk let me give it. you let me give you a little suggestion. Oh yes. If you want to see the lights and and really not just sit there in traffic right. all night, come Monday through Thursday. Okay. And come up to the Mexican restaurant right up here above the bridge at eighty five. Okay. Uh, about five fifteen, five thirty. The lights come on at 5.30, and they're all on timers. And, and if you wait till about 15 minutes till 6, 
you can drive through McCadmill uninhibited, go over to the uh, school and the Westland Church and turn there in the parking lot, drive right back through McCadmill, hit 85 towards Charlotte with no problems. Oh. But well. if you come Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, be ready to sit in line probably three hours. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so a good, that, that's a great tip. Um, but now, now the secret is going to be to all of our listeners, but um, I'll be sure to uh, get there first. <laughs> well, well, see, the reason that happens on Friday and Saturday, the kids are out of school. Yeah. And, and a lot of parents don't have to work on Saturday, so they, they can come and sit in line. They don't care. But, yeah. uh, but Monday through Thursday is the best time to see them really. And, and you really, if you want to, you can park and walk around through town and see the lights and the, yeah. and the, and that's how most people enjoy them now. And, and believe yeah. you me, it is a crowd. Oh yeah. And there's some good little restaurants in downtown McCannville also. So that's another benefit, I guess, of walking is you get to, well, I guess you, you probably can't park. You can't just drive to the restaurant in McCannville and park during the middle of Christmas light season, can you? Yeah, you can drive downtown and, and nice parking places there. And and the one thing, there's a parking lot behind the restaurant. Oh, okay. And, and That you can park in. There's a parking lot down beside the main office. Uh, there's a, There's... Really, it, you turn in there at the clinic and go behind the church. There's a big parking lot there, and you can walk right across the street to the restaurant. Okay. So it, there's there's areas you can get in if you come fairly early. Yeah, yeah. So is, has there been a year since all of this started that it, this didn't happen? Yes. Uh, in 1973 and 74, President Nixon requested, because of the energy crisis, that everyone conserve energy any way they could. And Mr. Farr chose those two years not to burn the lights because of the request to save energy. I just learned but about the, that energy crisis the other day. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about it. And I, I had not been aware of that, other than my mom saying that it was hard to get gas at one point, you know, but... So that's yeah. very, that's fascinating. So that it factored into even McCaddenville. Yeah, and and that's only two years that the lights has not been been on since its inception. Now last year they had them, but they had a scaled down version. They didn't have the full blown city limit to city limit uh, exposure. Yeah, it was just mostly down on Main Street was mm -hmm. about all that they they used last year but they had some in the but this year it goes back to the full full array so oh i'm excited no i'm expecting it to be bigger <laughs> bigger than ever yeah i love sitting in my car with a cup of hot chocolate listening to christmas music there oh, yeah. you go it's a great feeling yeah. <laughs> seeing santa like santa will come by and wave at you that's the fun part is when you get to see santa oh yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the university of uh of uh, North Carolina at Charlotte, uh, the economics department did an impact study a, a couple of years back. They had a group that was out there every night during the season interviewing people coming through. And, and their conclusion was 
that the Christmas lights brought $11 million in revenue in this area, not wow. to McAdmill, but to the local mm-hmm. uh, motels, the local businesses. And, and it, but the impact is $11 million to the Gaston County area. Wow. That's incredible. And that, uh, that was from the economics department at UNCC in Charlotte. So, yeah, that's hard. That's, you know, it's hard to have such a homegrown event. That's not, you know, from some big, big company that's producing it, bring such yeah. economic development. That's probably hard to replicate too. Yeah. yeah. It's uh well, we're right now involved in, in a national contest for the 10 uh, best uh, Christmas exhibits in the U- U- United States and around the world. Oh, and, and we're currently in fourth position in that voting. Uh, you can go online and, and vote once, once a day. Oh, and, and, uh, What's, and do you know the website? When, yeah. It's on, on the Christmas website. You have Steve's website, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can go on that and it shows you where to, to punch vote. Okay. You can vote each day. And, uh, we've been on this thing for, I don't know, several years mm-hmm. and we've come in second, third, and fourth, uh, each year. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you're, when you consider that McCadmill with a population of 800 people are competing with, uh, people in towns and cities with 2 million people. Yeah. That's quite an accomplishment. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, so that's, that's something we're real proud of. And the, the new residents then McCadmill have, I don't know how to say it, but they have accepted the McCadmill way of life and they want to keep McCadmill the hometown atmosphere that it's always been. Mm-hmm. And, and they work hard at it. And it is, it's, it's, it's a, McCadmill's a tight knit community always has been and always will be, I hope. But, uh, if one hurts, we all hurt. Right. And, you know, it's just that kind of deal. I see. And, uh, that's kind of like it, a string of Christmas lights. When one goes out, it feels like they all go out. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When one goes out, they all go yep, out. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the folks that have, have moved into McAdmo, a, a lot of them, I've talked with a great deal of them, and they always said, we always wanted to live in McAdmo. But back when they wanted to, there was a mill village, and you had to work for the company to live in the housing. And they said, we didn't work for the company, so we couldn't live in McAdville. Yeah. But then when they did away with the old mill village and built homes and sold them, then they were able to buy homes and move to McAdville. And, and uh, boy, they, they, did, they were selling them faster than they could build. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned you decorated one tree the first year. Is that tree still there? That tree's still there, and they decorate it every year. It's in front of the main office as you come downtown at stoplight okay i know exactly which one you're talking about you're looking at the office and it's the one there at the left in the front yard of the oh now i'll tell you a little secret that's probably the third or fourth tree that's been there oh (laughs) (laughs) well it looks it looks very mature (laughs) yeah they they mature get old and straggly and they'll 
take that one out and put another one in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I promised our internal auditor that I would, he, he, I told him I was talking to you today and, um, he said, ask him if he remembers Wilson Paget. Is that name familiar to you? I remember Wilson Paget very well. He lived across the street from me oh, when, wow. when uh, I was growing up. And he and my dad were real close friends. He was over to our house uh, two or three times a week and talked with my dad. They were real close friends. So he, he was he was pastor of our church, Macadamal yeah. Baptist Church. Yeah, that's what he said. And so I, that's his grandfather. That's our internal auditor's grandfather. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, his uh, son Woody Paget and uh, uh, Becky and Paula and uh, mm-hmm. there's another one I can't think of her name, but there's three girls and a boy. And he also and, said, I'll, um, "I'm gonna see if you remember this." He also said um, that I think his aunt came and taught music at the school and wrote a song called Christmas Town. Do you remember that song? No, I don't remember well, the song. I didn't he he did, but he wouldn't sing it for me. So oh. <laughs> yeah. come on, Kyle. <laughs> we'll have to get yeah. a performance. We were supposed to um talk to some Christmas carolers on the podcast, but they had to cancel because one got sick. And I was like, God, that would be a great crossover. Mm-hmm. Have them sing the Christmas yeah. Town song. But I'll have to get yeah. Kyle, I'll have to get him to sing it for me someday. Well, <laughs> see, uh, December the 1st in front of the Y down there on that uh, porch, like, or that uh, enclosed area, uh-huh. they have a lighting ceremony and flip the switch that turns on the lights for the season. Mm-hmm. And and then around the fifteenth, they have the Yule log parade down at uh, Legacy Park. They they pull the log from in front of the main office up Main Street and bring it around, and they put it in the fire and light it, and then tell the story of of the Yule log. Okay, so I don't know this story. Uh, <laughs> what well, what is the story it, of the Yule log? I don't remember all about the story, but I, I I do know that it it uh Mr. and Miss Farr went to Europe in nineteen forty nine and brought that tradition back to McCall oh. and it started in nineteen forty nine in the ballpark behind the community center. Wow. I've... And it's it's continued every year since then. Okay. And I've missed one of them. <laughs> Only one? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll have to I have to look that up because I didn't even know they did that and and I've I've heard of Yule logs but I've never actually heard well, learned I the story. Understand, my understanding of it is that the Yule log they light the log and and they it uh, something signifies getting rid of all of the old of last year and right. looking forward to the new of this year and all that. I don't know this. I never, I, I don't know all about it. Mm, but I have to, I have to look into that and see if I can go to that. It's, it's, it's a good event, and they have uh, singing and uh, different uh, groups come and sing, and uh, they have hot chocolate and all that stuff, and uh, it's quite an event. But the, and the lighting ceremony is it, it's, it's done, and and then they have one of the school kids. They have a drawing, and one of the school kids wins the right to flip the switch to turn on the the lights. Oh, for the that's seat. fun! That's awesome. And then they have the the little kids from the school sing Christmas carols, and it's quite an event. Well, yeah, I'll have to bring my um, 
New Yorker boyfriend down so he can he can experience this for the first time. And um, yeah. I haven't been in a while, and and partially because you know it always seems so crowded. But now I'm a little bit closer now, and I can I'll be able to walk it, and that'll be great. Plus, yeah. I think one of my favorite restaurants is officially yeah. one of my favorite restaurants is in downtown McCannville now. Um, so tell him, tell him you want to introduce him to a good Southern tradition. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm trying one by one. So there was Sundrop, Cheerwine, um, Fish Camps, um, okay. <laughs> Pepsi. You well, he loves Pepsi. You convert me. I am. I am. Little by little. Um, <laughs> so um, is there anything else you would have listeners know about uh, the history of McCaddenville or the future of McCaddenville? Bill Christoffin and Carol, his wife, are very instrumental, along with Miss Catherine Christoffin, uh, in continuing the improvements in McCadmel. They're in the process now of of making uh, office space in one of the old plants. They're oh. converting another one to uh, be able to have uh, shops in it. And, and there's future plans to build more up the river. But they are very instrumental and very concerned and caring about McAdmel, and they want want to keep improving McAdmel, mm-hmm. even though they sold their textile portion of the company. They still have other interests, mm-hmm. and they're still involved, and and they still uh, are very interested in the town and the future of McAdmel, and they're doing all they can to to enhance McAdmel and doing a great job, I must say. They've, yeah. they've uh, uh, cleaned up Main Street and dressed it up, and all this other is taking time, but but they're really building for the future yeah. for, for McAdmel. So the future looks good. Well, and they they say that the Christmas lights will continue. So good, good. We got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I'm excited to see McCaddenville grow, but even more so, I'm excited to see how Christmas Town does this year. I think it's going to be bigger and better than ever. So um, I do too. I think it's yeah. I think it's going to be something else to yeah. behold. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you talking to us about this. I learned so much. I've grown up in Gaston County. Um, lived here my whole life and and never really knew the true history and it's such an honor to be able to talk to one of the original members that got this all started so thank you so much this was fascinating if you you get a chance to go buy mona's uh gift shop down there you can buy a little copy of the little book that i wrote Uh uh-huh and it starts back before mccadmel was ever mccadmel Okay. Yeah. See, this is one of the things I'm learning through this podcast. I'm diving deeper into parts of Gaston County history than I think I ever have before. Um, and it's linking to other things in history. And yeah, so it's just also fascinating to me right now. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a, uh, another book that our chaplain wrote several years back spun from the wilderness. It's a lot of history of McCadden. Okay. But this one, you can get it. Mona's is, is, the one that I wrote based on a lot that my dad told me mm-hmm. and plus what I've known since I was born and raised in McAdams. So, okay. But quite a fascinating, there is a lot of history with McAdams. Mm-hmm. You take, for example, uh, Thomas Edison came to McAdams and installed the 33rd generator he ever made. No way. He did, and that that generator is in the museum over at Dallas right now. What? Wow. And uh, 
and, but it was it was small and it just was able to run lights in the mill. My dad said that uh, they run one line up to the Adam Springs house up on the hill, and and he said people walk from Lincoln and from Charlotte to see that light burn in the bottle. They didn't understand it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, that's amazing. So it's. And a lot of history behind it. McAdmill had the first indoor plumbing in North Carolina. I didn't know that either. I can sit here and tell you story after story after story of that things that's happened in McAdmill. So as I'm walking through it this year, I'm definitely going to look at everything a little differently than I have in the past since I know a little bit more of the history. But I'm going to try to go get your book before I do the walk and, and uh, so I can kind of, you know, relate to things I see as I'm walking. Because you're right, you do see a lot more when you're walking. So I'm, I'm very That's excited true. about that. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. It's such an honor. Um, I'm so excited about this. And, um, you know, maybe I'll reach out to you uh, as I do some, you know, some of my own research and ask questions and whatnot. I'm just excited to learn more about it. Okay. Well, anytime you call me anytime, I'm usually here. Thank you. Be glad to help you any way I can. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You have a great day now. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.